Well, hello there. I'm sorry. It's Tori here, and welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Weird. You're single. Yeah. Why is that? You're adorable. <laughs> You're entertaining for sure. You can also be a bitch. <laughs> I was actually really hoping to make Jay cry. Tell uh, me about your dead father. <laughs> oh, this is all I could have ever dreamed of. And yeah, I'm not judging. It's I'm gross. Just saying. It's weird. They didn't traumatize you? You don't talk about they that? They definitely did. But... <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> it's not that weird. As I said, welcome back. Welcome back to episode two of The Pod. Um... This episode, I will say, it's a lot more personal to me. You're going to learn more about me, I think. Um, And I do want to say, too, episode one, man, guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, The support was kind of overwhelming in, like, the best kind of way, and uh, I'm very, very happy. I think you're going to like this one because my guest is my mom. Good old mom. Mama Sue, as she's known to some people. Um, My mom is the best, and I know everybody's mom is the best, but my mom, she's got a very interesting life story, and I really thought I kind of knew it all until this interview. I learned some stuff about my mom, some of it having to do with her upbringing, um, and some heavier stuff, too. I do want to note before this starts that we do talk about the subject of suicide in a kind of detailed way, and uh, you'll learn exactly why shortly. Um... For that reason, I think it's important to issue a trigger warning of sorts. And I know that some people hear the word trigger warning and get really um, frustrated and up in arms about you know, snowflakes and sensitive, you know, whatever. I do not care. But what I do care about is making sure that suicide prevention is, you know, what we get out of this here. So with that being said, if you are in Canada, there is the Canada Suicide Prevention Service. I also can attest for Canadian Mental Health Services being an awesome organization. We have an awesome branch of it down here in Windsor-Essex. So if you or someone you love is uh, having suicidal thoughts, please use, take advantage of these services. There's also stuff like Crisis Services Canada, uh, Kids Help Phone, Hope for Wellness Helpline, all kinds of stuff. Find this information and have it on hand for you or somebody that you love. It's just always a good idea to have it. Okay, so without further ado, I am very excited and it warms my heart to present my next guest for you. She is an awesome, hilarious, badass, beautiful woman who obviously raised me to be all those things. <laughs> um, please, please help me welcome my wonderful mother, Sue Beeger. She's a procrastinator, never on time She's got a heart of gold, but always lasts in line Turn some music up to set a tempo Make the atmosphere come alive Let's move on to something better All we got is time Now you can feel your decisions, your I know a lot about you. <laughs> Obviously. You can get loud. Very, very infrequently. <laughs> you don't even know what that is. My parents getting loud with me? Yeah, You've not really. You've never, ever, ever actually been yelled at. <laughs> Ever. I've been talked sternly to. Maybe, but you've never been yelled at. <laughs> okay, fine. So people will learn I'm privileged. I don't know what to say. Or I'm just really nice. Sure, sure. Like, I don't know the best way to kick this off with you because I spend the most time and have spent the most time with you since um, birth conception. <laughs> True. Do you find me funny? I find you hilariously. You're adorable. <laughs> you're you're entertaining for sure you're, for sure you're biased though it's different you formed me to be the way i have I am. many children who live under my roof or i've had many children you tend to be the 
most chipper. 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 You can also be a bitch. <laughs> well, that was actually going to be a question that I have for you. Was Was there a point in my life, was I an annoying teenager? Was I like a bratty kid? Was there a point in my life in which you didn't fully enjoy me? And you can say it. No, I'm- no. In all honesty, no. You were a great kid. You were a great teenager. You taking this job and coming home in the morning half asleep and hungry, you can be a bitch. <laughs> However, I have learned to give you your space and then it's all good. Okay. <laughs> well, people will learn about me is that like if I'm not fed and if I'm tired, I'm a gremlin. Yes. Which we've yes. always known. Yes. Grandma used to call it the 7-Eleven monster, but that's going back in time. I'm not sure if your listeners nowadays would know what that is. 7-Eleven monster? I don't it even know It used to be a is. commercial, the 7-Eleven uh, convenience stores. If the person didn't have their coffee, I think it was, in the morning, oh. they were a 7-Eleven monster. Yeah. And that was that's you in the morning when you haven't had your food, and you can understand that one. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I feel like even as a kid, I remember being very hangry. I don't recall. Okay, well, let's go back to like earlier then. You know what? I'm the second kid. We should also say that. I'm your second child. My older sister, Taylor, is five years older than me. So I'm sure you were planning on having a kid. Were you planning on having myself? Yes, actually. I had planned on having you earlier than when you were, but I was also in nursing school full-time and a little overwhelmed with that. So the opportunity did not arise, and then all of a sudden, you came. (laughs) And was it good timing? Were you happy it happened when you did, or were at the time you were frantic? No, no, it was good, because I was at the end of my schooling, my nursing schooling. I mean, you messed it up a little bit, because you were, my pregnancy was one complication after another, and I ended up having to leave school with only a semester left. (laughs) Uh, and be on bed rest. So that was a, a little inconvenient. The hardest part of that, in all honesty, was I wasn't allowed to pick your sister up. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to physically do anything like that. So that was hard. Do you remember everything that they were told was wrong when you were pregnant with me? How much time? <laughs> Every time I went to the doctors, we had an issue. I was pre-diabetic. I had placenta previa, which was the biggest mm-hmm. concern. And I wasn't allowed to do any heavy lifting because we didn't want us to die. So I didn't mind giving up going to school because I'd rather have you. But yeah, it was a big, holy shit. I have four months of school left and now I have to stop. Yeah. No, your timing was, I'm afraid that if we didn't, oh my God, we're pregnant, we may not have. Like you were five years after your sister. So you were a pleasant surprise. I don't know how old you were when you had me. 28. 28. So Taylor's five years older. So you were what, 22, 23? Yep. When you had her? Yep. That, mom? (laughs) Seems ridiculous. It's a nightmare to me. (laughs) Different times, honey. I know. I know. This was in 1993 when she was born? She was 92. You're 97. Yeah. Yeah. So 92. That makes sense. Were you meaning to get pregnant the first time? Were you meaning to get pregnant (laughs) when you did with her? I don't Uh, need to hear what happened specifically. No, no. And by the way, Tori was not conceived at a bare naked ladies concert. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. I told everybody on air that I was conceived at a bare naked ladies concert. I might have been conceived after it or before. I don't care. I don't care. I'm telling people that it was during Brian Wilson. Say you were conceived at the concert. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Your sister was a I wanted to. uh, We wanted to. Sorry. Um, And if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it would. Okay, and you felt prepared for that at 22. Not at all. No. Not at all. But no. I, nope, not at all. But that's what <laughs> I wanted at the time. <laughs> all right. See, I have friends or I know of people who have more than one child, and they say that the transition from having 
zero to one child is in a way easier than the transition from having one to two? Uh, your father had two children from a previous marriage, so mm-hmm. I did a lot of parenting then because sure. we had the girls quite a bit. So having Taylor come along was just another an addition, another baby. Having you come along, it was harder because, like I said, I was in school and I wasn't just taking care of you and your sister. Mm-hmm. I also had the other two quite a bit. So it was a lot of work, but it just... I, I feel we just continued the flow. Progressed. No. Okay. I was definitely not having more after you. <laughs> <laughs> that was plenty. That's fair. Okay, so back to childhood, your childhood, when you were a kid. She's giving me a funny look, or she's given a funny look as if she doesn't that remember. a long, or, long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't significant or anything <laughs> like that. a long time ago. You grew up, your mom and your dad got divorced when you were how old? Nine. And pretty immediately you went to live with just grandma, right? Instantly. There yeah. was no... No back and forth, no shared custody. No, no, no. I mean, we saw my dad regularly, but we lived with grandma the whole time. Sure. And you talk about this. We talk about this all the time. My mom's side <laughs> is predominantly women. And there's this like running joke and not, it's not a joke. It's pretty serious that the men who come into this family die kind of young. They're all gone. <laughs> Any man that has married into, a, I'm sorry, this generation. No, I, my husband is alive, so on and so yeah. forth. But the uh, older generation, any man that married into the family has died. Yeah, which is interesting. There's this idea that we're witches. Agreed. <laughs> Psychic witches. There's I don't know that anybody ever wished their death on them. No. However, it just worked out that way. It happened. Yeah. Okay, so you were young living with Aunt Kara. My Aunt Kara is younger than you, your younger sister. How? Correct. What's the age difference? Four years. So grandma, you, Aunt Kara. Yeah. What are some of your earlier memories of that we were happy yeah the three of us i went she was three women in a house (laughs) yeah i mean we our house was average we were not uh wealthy by any means but we made it work Mm -hmm. i just remember being happy like we played games and we watched tv and no we didn't have black and white but we had the antennas and somebody always had to play with the antenna to get the antenna right there was somebody who was always the channel changer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have memories of, like, every night when we were younger, climbing in bed with Grandma, we watched TV in her room. Mm-hmm. And were you close when you were a teenager, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. I could not lie. I'm not a liar, and <laughs> Grandma will vouch for it. I cannot lie. I could not lie to her. I was a good teenager regardless. Um, the one time I did lie to her, I came to her in the middle of the night in tears and woke her up and said, I have to tell you the truth. Okay, I know what this lie is about, but can you please say what the lie was at the time? That I had a my boyfriend over. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend came over when he wasn't supposed to. Um, That's funny. She's a, she was an amazing mother. It's not like I needed to fear her either. I don't recall her ever yelling at us either. It's so. a common theme. So you say that Aunt Kara was bad. She wasn't bad. She in was, comparison to you. Who was in comparison an to me. Well, yeah, she's a little <laughs> shit, but no. Do you think grandma liked you or her more? Oh, you can't ask me that. <laughs> I'm not actually asking. I mean, the answer would be me, but <laughs> I, you can't ask me that. Well, fine. I won't ask that, but I'll ask you who's better, me or my sister Taylor? <laughs> I can't answer that question. Yes, you can. Either. She's not here. No, you have, but she might listen. You two <laughs> both have wonderful qualities, and you both have not so wonderful qualities. Sure. When do you consider was your prime or do you I don't like to like I don't like when people I know say, what you're saying when like do... a lot of people say that high school was their prime and that makes me a little feel a little icky when do you feel that you were at your best and like what made it feel that way 
probably now I have a pretty good life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously I've had my medical issues, which are, it's a step back. However, it's given me opportunity to focus on more important things. I feel like you got to kind of explain your injury and also because this, this started so the doctors and you say because of your childhood and because you were a dancer. I was a ballerina for probably 17 years and I did it quite well. <laughs> but years later now, okay, so then I became a nurse and being on my feet all those hours probably didn't help. Long story short, I developed a bone growth in my foot that was very uncomfortable. So we had, we, I had surgery <laughs> to remove that growth and to rebuild. Um, it was supposed to be a one-time deal and it's now turned into seven surgeries, five on one, two on the other. Um, and we're living with that. Yeah. But even that's okay because it's allowed me to have time <laughs> to yeah. do to focus on more important things. Yeah. For me, it, I mean, I know this isn't exactly comparable, but over the past two years with the pandemic, I feel like I've done the most personal growth because I've had the most time and space to do it. So I guess, especially because when you had your first surgery, I, remember I was in first year university. So like we weren't around the house every day. Matt, my stepdad was working. And so you were kind of alone at home with the dogs. <laughs> I guess you get the, uh, the time to reflect and stuff. Did it feel like that? Were you happy to be off? Not initially. Initially, I found it really hard to not only be alone, but I did get very close to the dogs and all the uh, <laughs> creatures outside in the neighborhood because who else did I have to talk to? And And I'm a doer. I can't stand not doing something. So for four months at a time, I wasn't even able to walk. Yeah. So no, it was very hard to sit still, not be productive, not feel like I was contributing to our family sure. or the world. Even you were, but sure. So that, get that. that played a lot on your mental health. Sure. But. And speaking of mental health, sure, we're going to go back. So something that like I have never felt I couldn't talk about uh, is mental health. I have no problem talking with people about mental health and something that I'll like present was the fact that my grandfather committed suicide. I was too young to I don't remember it. I don't remember the events. Of course. So this is my my mom's dad, your dad Correct. committed suicide when you were how old? 31. And you had two kids. Yep. Yeah. And um, go into this as much as you want to go into it. But I know that you're very open about mental health and such, too. And prioritizing it and being aware of it and having conversations about it because of what you saw happening in your dad. So, again, you be as descriptive as you want to be. But what happened the day that you found out that he had committed suicide? <laughs> it wasn't a really good day. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. <laughs> wasn't a very good day. I remember I'd been sick for, like, really sick, head cold, really sick for about two weeks prior to that, which is, in hindsight, is he was gone for two weeks before we had realized what had happened. We found out, yeah. Yeah. So the day we found out, this head cold just cleared. It mm. was like, it was, I don't know. Anyways, I'd been at work. I went to go pick you guys, or you, up from daycare. I had your sister, and I got a phone call from my sister and she just she was obviously overwhelmed <laughs> um she called me to say you know where are you and I kept saying I'm picking up the kids and she must have asked me three or four times and finally she just blurted out Sue dad's dead I'm like, oh okay <laughs> and then I unfortunately looked at the sitter and went oh my god my dad's dead 
totally oblivious to the fact that you and your sister were standing right beside me. Sure. You obviously were too young to understand. I feel like you were only two, uh, but Taylor did. So we left. Obviously, I had to go meet my sister. We ended up at her house. We left you guys with my mom. And then we all went to Grandpa's house because that's where he had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, Victim services, the police, the whole bit. And I remember parking on the road incorrectly, like, you know, frantic parking on the wrong side of the road, inside out and upside down. And my sister saying, so you're going to get a ticket. And I looked at her and went, I fucking dare them. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Let them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We walked up. We never did actually see Grandpa. He was in the back of his uh, minivan. He had done the whole, hooked a tube up to the sure. exhaust pipe and so on and so forth. Um, so we, you know, out of the corner of your eye, walking up the driveway, I saw that in the distance. Mm-hmm. He was still in the vehicle, but we couldn't see him. Yeah. And then victim services or whoever guided us right into the house. Mm-hmm. So obviously... Um, you know, really, I don't even remember who was there. There was my sister, myself. Both of our husbands followed us. I think my ex-stepmother was there and, and all these official people. Sure. Cops and stuff. Yeah. Now, as far as conversation, like, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember how long we were even there mm-hmm. for all of this. Um, frantic, crying, you know, whatever. I but remember- we weren't there. Like the- no, you guys Taylor were with there. Grandma. No, okay. no, no. Um, I remember going to the back door and watching what was happening in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And at the moment of me standing there, they did remove Grandpa's body from the back of the van. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see him, per se. I saw his hand. Mm-hmm. His hand had fallen out, and it was blue. Blue mm-hmm. like a Smurf blue. <laughs> well, you said he had been gone. They found out for like Well, we least. found out that he'd been gone for at least a week um, at that time. Just based on the mail and his uh, phone messages and stuff and mm-hmm. the last time we had spoken to him. Um, it was a really stressful time prior to that with his mental health. We were there. We were supportive. But, you know, we weren't talking to him every single day because it was exhausting. It, yeah. It was exhausting. He'd been in and out of the hospital a few times. I believe this was actually his third attempt. Sure. So as devastating as it was. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't a surprise, per se, but it was still devastating. Of course. Yeah. So, obviously, we, you know, again, I don't remember. You asked me that. I don't remember what happened after other than he was gone. And we buried him and did all that. And thankfully, we were hooked up with, uh, through victim services, I think it was a Canadian Mental Health Association. Mm -hmm. And we did go to counseling as a group group I counseling I would hope that they mandate that and say like you have to. No, it wasn't know? mandated. It was this is available and we thank God um took him up on it and we went once a week for probably a year. Okay. And initially I couldn't talk. I didn't yeah. want to talk. Yeah. Um I couldn't. I couldn't talk without breaking down. So but it was a blessing because it did get us through to mm-hmm. be with people who had similar experiences some had lost children and that is devastating to me Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was hard but with them we got forward and then I or we moved forward and then I was asked to tell my story I guess at a 
I can't remember what you call it, Suicide Prevention Week. They was, do that still, yeah. Yeah, but we had a memorial service, I guess that's what you want to call it. And they asked me to get up and tell my story, so I did. Hmm. And it was good. Yeah. And Did it, it feel good to, like, get it out? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt good that I had that I was able to get it out. Yeah. I had reached that point that I was okay to talk about it. And obviously I cried through it, but I got through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to see that. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see you give a speech or like a some kind of something. I still have my story written down. Really? At home. Oh. Yeah, in uh, the chest that grandpa gave us uh-huh. that I have from grandpa's. It's in there. Oh. Um, so no, it, it felt good to... It was like I graduated. Sure. <laughs> you know, I got to that point that well, I was okay to talk like about Well, there's phases of, like, grief, it. too. Yeah. So I'm sure that kind of is what it was like. And I know you've always said this, or you, you've mentioned this, or told me and Taylor this, but there was a period of time where you just felt like you couldn't get over it, and then one day you just woke up and said, I have two kids, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it, honestly, it probably, he died in February. I feel like it was November when I finally said, I got to get up. I mm-hmm. got to function. I got to be part of the world. Mm-hmm. It was very hard in the beginning because you just, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted yeah. to sit on the couch and cry and to realize there was a world going on outside me and everybody was happy and okay. It was like, how can you be happy and okay? My life is falling apart. Yeah. But that was my life, not everybody else's. So yeah, yeah it was but probably. But when you're in that state, it's hard to like be understanding of everybody else's happiness. Yeah. No, it just all of a sudden, it clicked in me that, oh, it's time. Yeah. Time to get up and and yeah. move forward. So, yeah. And what's tragic is the people who don't have that moment and maybe don't have support or don't have uh, or weren't connected with people with similar experiences or something like that. That's I think that's the whole point of the Canadian Mental Health Association and all of these groups is just to for people to understand that no trauma is the same, but there might be some way to feel connected in this in like a really weird kind of way. Yeah, it did. It was nice, not nice, but comforting (laughs) to know that other people had been through what we were going through. Yeah. And they understood and could say the right things. Mm -hmm. No, it was, it was an awful experience, but Mm -hmm. it was a, we've come out of, I've come out of it. Okay. You know, other people in the family, I don't know, but I think I came out of it. Okay. And I do have a better appreciation for mental health because of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's okay. Okay, so let's move a little bit further. It's time to make it about me. <laughs> I thought everything because was if about I've you, learned anything, okay, sure. Okay, anyway, Go ahead. I've learned lots from you. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> so when I you said that I was not an annoying teenager, and I you, there was never a point in my life when you didn't like me. Mm-hmm. I find that hard to believe. There's been many times in my life where I didn't like me. <laughs> That's yeah, but that was my job was to help you through those times. Sure, sure, <laughs> not sure, sure. To, to add to your dislike. But I feel like mm, I don't want to say prepubescent because it was definitely pubescent. But like I remember having my first boyfriend, and for some reason thinking that I could not tell you about it, it was a huge secret. I, I don't, I don't know exactly. I just remember like my first. You remember Justin, my first boyfriend? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Well, I do. Is that the one who lived around the corner? Yes. Behind the park? Yeah, and I used to sneak out. I yeah. was. How could you say that I was not an annoying kid when I used to sneak out all the time? Okay, but did I know you were sneaking out? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would find out later, and yeah, I do recall being annoyed that you were putting me in that position, Yeah. and it would come down on me at some point. Yeah. See, but, I thought I was a problem child. No. But like, really, <laughs> if that's the worst thing you do is sneak out at night, okay. That's fair. <laughs> it's not the... <laughs> Is it safe? No. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it, if that was the worst thing you did, then it 
wasn't worth overreacting about. Sure, sure. I get <laughs> no. that. And I don't I don't even remember your reaction to it. I remember going and sneaking out, sneaking out of the house at whatever time at night, going to see my boyfriend who lived around the corner, um, and then coming home hours later. And the whole time I'm on my way, I'm thinking, oh, my God, my mom somehow knows. She somehow knows. She somehow knows that I left. And she's waiting at me at the front door with a belt, and she's going to kill me. Yeah, because that ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> I no. didn't even own a belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was never uh, I was never hit with a belt. Okay, so let's go back to before I was a little shit, when I was a little, little tiny shit. Do you remember what my first words were? Oh, my goodness. 20, how old am I, 24, 20, 23 years ago? I don't know. When did I start talking? <laughs> Probably 23 years ago. I don't recall. It was typical. You know, y'all said, y'all, you all said, <laughs> mama, dada, no. Um, I don't recall. I remember you walking early, okay. like 10 or 11 months old. Hmm. I think that's early. Um, no, I don't remember. I want to say it was mama because you spent a lot of time with me and I probably enforced it, <laughs> but so I you're don't. you're going to say mama, not dada. I'm going to say mama. <laughs> you're going to say mama first. I don't recall. You said I walked early. Did, was I like developing early? Like was I a, <laughs> You were the youngest of three-ish. Yeah. Uh, so you were probably just trying to compete and catch up. Yeah. With the rest of them. Yeah. So no, I don't think you developed early. I think you were a pretty normal child. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> Tori, you were amazing. I was extraordinary. You were like walking, talking, and working by the time you were six months old. Out of the womb. <laughs> I didn't slide out. I walked out. No, they pulled you out because you just didn't <laughs> want to come out. I did say, I remember saying to the physician uh, months later at an appointment because they had to suction cup you out. Sure. Uh, I do remember saying... I'm pretty sure you suctioned her out and overstimulated her brain because she has not stopped. <laughs> so maybe you were developing early. I don't know. I just remember you were, you didn't want to come out and you came out and you came out running and you never stopped. Mm, that's good. Well, it's funny because I ended up becoming a runner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was there anything that your parents did to you when a kid or any kind of like discipline or just anything you don't have to out them criminally but was there anything that they did that you swore when you became a parent you would not do it no no grandma was a great is is was a great woman and she'll allow me to tell you this story she didn't spank us either Mm -hmm. she spanked me once Mm -hmm. in my entire life and i was probably 13 years old (laughs) and i hadn't even done anything she was mad at kara Kara did something, and she spanked her and came to me and said, turn around. I might as well do you while I'm at it. (laughs) And Grandma will say, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I hadn't even done anything. Oh, God. And I was, like, 13. I was old (laughs) enough to know. What the hell, Mama? Oh, my God. And I got spanked. And I remember thinking, what the hell? (laughs) I didn't even do anything. Well, I've been told that I was spanked one time. You ran out onto the road. Yeah. uh, When you were probably two. Mm-hmm. And your dad spanked you for running out on the road. Mm-hmm. And I mean, spanked you. He didn't beat you. He spanked you. There was no need. You guys were good. Mm. I'm trying to remember all the way back. We moved out to the county when you were one. You had a fascination with Teletubbies. Mm-hmm. So how could you be bad? You were cute and adorable. Of course, I'm still cute and adorable. Well, yeah, but. What was my dream job when I was a kid? Do you remember that? I remember mm-hmm. one. 
Oh. It changed. I remember telling everybody for a long time I was going to be a princess. <laughs> and it took for a lot of people to tell me that's not a job you can just be hired for. <laughs> but I remember uh, grandma giving me like an old camera of hers and then seeing on Arthur them call a photographer a shutterbug, which is like a very old timey term. And I, I was convinced for like years. I, mean, I vaguely remember, but not serious serious no i can't say i mean your sister wanted to be a marine biologist i remember that (laughs) and she's not (laughs) but you i just princess and photographer and i remember even going into grade school and high school thinking that and then uh in grade no high school i did one of those like put in your information and you're this and you're that and your dream salary or whatever the hell it was <laughs> and we'll come up with a profession that suits you and mine was disc jockey at a radio station oh really it was <laughs> and I remember saying no <laughs> like, well, that's like funny. sure but no like I didn't I honestly kind of thought it was like at the time I thought it was too um like celebrity-ish like, mm-hmm. it, like it was too like you'd be too famous and I was like I'll never be like that and then um now that I do it I know that that's the that's not the reality of it. Somebody knew something. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you used to sing and dance. You mm-hmm. used to perform in your room and, yeah. and jump up and down on the bed and sing and dance and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I mean, at one point, we thought you might be a stripper. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> that's fine. I did. Good money. <laughs> it's always out there. Remember I told you that at Studio 4, the guest for the week was Victoria Lee. Let me preface this and say that Studio 4 was a strip club here in Windsor. Yeah. And Mom was driving by, and I was a kid. I've only heard this story, so. Yeah. You were, your name is Victoria Lee, L-E-I-G-H, not mm-hmm. common spelling. And when I drove by, the guest stripper for the week was Victoria Lee, L-E-I-G-H. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh. You're seeing your future. <laughs> yeah. My name and lights, mom. It's what we all want. That's fine. It's hey. great. So besides me and Taylor, raising me and Taylor. Taylor and I? Taylor. <laughs> another note. My grandma was an English professor. And so um, proper English. grammar and pronunciation and everything is very important in our family. But anyway, besides... <laughs> Raising Taylor and I, what do you think you're most proud of? Hmm. That's a hard question. Of course it is. Besides raising two successful, happy children, I'm most proud of the fact that I'm a happy, healthy Mm -hmm. person. Fair. That tries very hard to see positive and and help other people see positive. I feel like I'm friendly, outgoing, and easily approachable. If I can help somebody, I'm happy to do it. Sure. You kind of watered that down because you've done a lot for a lot of people just because. <laughs> just because. Just because. Because it makes me feel good to help other people sure. feel good. But it's, it, it sounds like you're watering it down because it's really, like, like she'll go out of her way, especially now that you have this, you know, time in time. a way, <laughs> to help people that she knows and she doesn't know. I will also point out that, you know, saying that you're in your prime right now, I feel like you have the most friends right now than you've ever had in your <laughs> life. And I mean, I'm, you know, I've only been around for 24 out of the however many years, but... I feel like constantly you're telling me about like, oh, my friend this and my friend that. And I'm like, I feel like three years ago, you, you barely uttered the word friend. <laughs> like, No, nah, maybe more than three years ago. But, yeah. three, you know, five, six years ago, it was work. It was always work friends mm-hmm. or work acquaintances. Unfortunately, working over in the States, living here, you know, hanging out with your friends that way was a little bit more difficult. Sure. They're in another country. Sure. That's a note, too. My mom 
she worked in Detroit, which is just across the border from us, of course, um, at a hospital there for how many years? 18. 18 years. So, yeah, it would make sense that your friends are over there. <laughs> yeah. But again, like when you're done your 12 hour shift, you don't want to go hang out with your friends. You want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so not like we hung out regularly after work, sure. but at work we were friends. Yeah. But yes, I haven't been there for six years. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of drifted. Um, I've, what's the word, reconnected with uh, friends from my past recently. Mm-hmm. So that's been really nice. I just feel like you're, uh, you know what, maybe you can tell me, because this is something that I've been wondering lately. I feel like, so we live in Essex, and I have my feelings about living in Essex. I know you do too. We all do, because Essex can be kind of, it's a small area. There's kind of like a narrow-minded attitude towards some things. Not always. We've lived there for however many years now. Like, we were almost like private to ourselves, but now, like, we know our neighbors. We chat with our neighbors. We're comfortable. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure my stepdad went and cut our neighbor's lawn for them when they were out of town. Like, that kind of stuff. Getting involved with the Miracle Day. Yeah, sorry. Let's let's put that out there, too. My mom was very instrumental in this past year's uh, something called June 27th Miracle. If you haven't heard of it, where have you been? (laughs) It was a huge deal, and you uh, were a, a team captain, so she was running our town. She was very instrumental in that, and you met a lot of really great people with that. I spent two months being heavily involved in this project. So I did meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like maybe that's why you're seeing that I'm more involved. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that did bring, I mean, we met some really good people from that event that we've remained connected to. Yeah. Um, And that's nice. It's nice for them. It's nice for us. Nobody wants to sit at home on a Friday night doing nothing every Friday night. As much as people say they do. As much (laughs) as people say they do. However, now that we are getting older, I don't mind being home at a decent time. (laughs) She wants to go out. She just wants to be home. I just want to be home and in bed by, you know, 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Um, If it was Matt, he'd say eight. (laughs) Matt's my stepdad, by the way. And Matt, too, has come out of his shell in the past little bit. Uh, You're welcome. He's welcome. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, of course, I've known Matt for... I don't even know how many years you guys have been together. 18. 18 years. So Matt's been in my life for 18 out of my 24 years now. And he, just in the past couple of years alone, I feel like he's become just like a warmer person. And I'm, I've am i noticed it because, like, I, I know Matt personally, so I know that there are very likable things about him. But I think at, like, first... <laughs> there are sounds, also very unlikable It sounds things. very condescending, but I feel like, like, so many of my friends, when they'll come over, they'll be like, man, your stepdad's kind of intimidating. <laughs> and I'm like, well... He's... Remember how we used to put on the tightest shirt he owned whenever you guys would bring a boy? Home. Yeah, that was always a joke. He would come out. Well, he usually doesn't have a shirt on. There's for that first, but then he would show up, come down the stairs when I'd be like, "Oh, my boyfriend's here," and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And we're like, "Did you just put a tight, tight shirt? Did you just on? grab that out of the dryer?" He is muscular, so He's, he would put yeah. on a tight shirt so he looked more intimidating to these guys. See, but I like that we can admit that it was on purpose. But he, yeah, he yeah. um, that was one of the qualities he said he admired in me when he met when we met, Mm -hmm. was that I was very outgoing and easygoing and approachable. Yeah. Because he was not. He was quiet and shy and timid. So he... He also had a receding hairline and glasses. Yeah. Well, he's still (laughs) still pretty hot. But anyways, um, you can edit that out. Um, He did say he admired that in me, Mm -hmm. that that was something he wanted to be. So obviously, being together for 18 years has Mm -hmm. helped him come out of his shell sometimes a little bit too much. (laughs) He is more approachable. He can still be a pain in the ass, but uh, most men are. (laughs) Yeah. One last question. What do you think is the biggest lesson that being my parent has taught you, that knowing me has taught you? (laughs) 
You're a very positive person. People say that. Yeah, <laughs> you do not like negativity. Um, you know, you may have your moments of being negative, but then, okay, okay, let it go, let it go. When I do come to you being negative, you usually say, Mom, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, yeah, Mom, well, let's turn it around. I stopped doing that. I stopped. No, I no, know and that that, that's unfair. However, you're not wrong. You mm. have taught me to be more positive, yeah. to turn things around. I can still have a negative thought, but the way I'm trying to get it out there or talk to you about it, I have tried to do it differently. More positive. But that sounds more like what you've learned is to prance around not upsetting me. And no. I hope that that's not the case. No. But over no. the past, especially two years, as I said, with the pandemic and with I started meditating a lot and I started, you know, reflecting a little bit more, pointing antennas in and out and yada, yada. But something Pointing that, antennas in They and say out? <laughs> you're supposed to have always one antenna pointed in and one antenna pointed okay. out to okay. have a better balance. Because if you have both antennas pointing in and you're always thinking about yourself, that's bad. If you have both antennas pointing out, you're too you're people-pleasing a little too yeah, much. Yeah, you don't worry about yeah. yourself. So you try and do both. And okay. <laughs> anyway, within that journey, we'll say, which I hate the word journey, but... Within that, something that I've really tried to, like, hammer home is that, like, a thought is just a thought. It's not who you are, even though it's your own thought, sure. But, like, they can come and go as you want them to. So and they're when, not necessarily true. Yeah, you're right. A lot of the time it's not true. But 99% of the time it's stuff that does not deserve stress or, or negative, any more negative thoughts dedicated to it. Yep. So especially lately, I think, like, the bigger message rather than, like, stop being negative is just, like, is it important enough to – dwell on and, and I don't know if that always I think I maybe with you in particular I've come across a little aggressive and annoyed about it again I'll blame it on the not eating first thing in the morning and stuff like oh, that I'm trying to follow your sentence what you're saying okay yeah just you've I, gotten better you I mean obviously this job getting up at the crack of dawn was an adjustment it was an adjustment sure. for everybody yeah um but it was an, a huge adjustment for you and there are days you've conquered it there are days you haven't um but that's life. Mm -hmm. No, you're way better. But again, like it was an adjustment for everybody. I had to realize, oh my God, she's already been up for six hours and I've <laughs> seriously been up for 10 minutes. Um, she's tired. It's different. Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. No, you're still, I've learned. Just walk away, let her get some food in her and then she's <laughs> fine. And you know what? Even when you are bitchy, you always apologize. I try. You usually... Well, I used to not. I know that. I used to just, I would be mad and I would let it sit and then I would just keep being shitty and shitty and saying things that were shitty to you and to other people until it would get to a point where, like, it was stupid if they didn't say something to me back or say, like, is something wrong? What's going on with you? And I hate that. And that's why when I really started taking this journey seriously <laughs> the uh, the whole point of it was like i need to stop being shitty to the people that are close to me and like that's that's so unfair of course i want to do it for myself but that is so unfair to the people who care about me and i think that that people don't think about that like when you're going through something and and you know of course again you have the antennas pointed in and, and you, you whatever it is whether it's trauma whether it's grief whether it's whatever but there does get to a point, and as I always say now, is like, yeah, you can't control the shitty things that happen to you, but you get to control how you treat the world afterwards. And I, yep. I don't even know what it was that was making me treat people so shitty other than I want to say a chemical imbalance that has now been figured out. But <laughs> I, it was just – it was a tough time for me. And I – honestly, and this is why I struggle with the idea of ever having a kid because if I, my kid treated me the way that I – and said the things that I know I have said to you and, and Taylor has said or done or whatever, I – would pack up and leave. <laughs> the first indication that somebody was going to say something bad to me, my child that I brought into the world, that I suffered birth through, I would, I'd be out. 
And that's not a way a parent's allowed to think. One time, I felt that way one time where we sat, I sat you guys down and said I was done. But that was not just you. It was Matt, Nicholas. Uh, My step-siblings, yeah. Yeah, like everybody. I remember sitting down saying, I'm done. Yeah. You guys are all shitheads. <laughs> I'm bending over backwards for you mm-hmm. and you're behaving like imbeciles. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. Yeah. And Nick's biggest fear was, oh my God, we're going to starve to death. <laughs> I remember always as a kid having an, and you didn't give this to me at all. Nobody made me feel this way. When I learned what adoption was and orphanages and like watched <laughs> Annie and stuff like that, I was like, oh my God, my, every time I did something wrong, I'm like, my mom's going to give me up for adoption. She's never going to tell me, but she's just going to do And I had no reason to You're, feel that yeah, way. Yeah, you are way too hard on yourself because I don't know you what, were well, not. My God, first Tori, thought is so far beyond look at reality. The, the world today and the people that are out there and the way children are being not being raised and mm. social media and everything compare yourself to reality yeah. you are not a bad well, kid well the hope is like that we just stop comparing ourselves to anything at all but that, this was just when i was a kid no, i remember that fine. just being a very irrational fear of mine that you're just a, you're like wait people can just give up on their kids yeah, like people can just get rid of them and then that thought to me i was like well what prompted that did i prompt that no. Which is, again, so irrational. I, I think know that. I threatened to put you guys in the cellar once. <laughs> oh, yeah, at our old farm, we had a cellar. Put you in the cellar because, yeah, but no. <laughs> Raising you and your sister was enjoyable. It wasn't a task. It had its moments. Sure. None of you did anything bad. Sure. <laughs> Nobody. Morally Even, wrong. No, you know. We didn't murder anybody. No, you never no. committed crimes never that I'm aware of. <laughs> you didn't do anything differently than what I did when sure. I was, a, I mean, I was a good kid. She still claims she's an angel. <laughs> I am. Well, my mother was stress-free for me, with me. Kara, different story. But I can't wait to have her on this to tell her side of the story. Oh, she's going to say the total opposite. She's going to tell you I beat her up and I did all kinds of nasty <laughs> stuff and it's not Perfect. true. Perfect, she's next. It is not true. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for uh, taking the time on. Apparently you have all this free time. I so have all fun. this free time. Do you want me back again tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, no, maybe. Maybe we'll do it again. No, this is great. Thank you. I love you. I love you too, babe. I know you do. How could you not? Exactly. All right. If you stuck around to the end, much appreciated. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with my love mother. Episodes are coming out bi-weekly, so I will see you in two weeks on February 24th for episode numero dos. No, tres. Oh my god. Simple as God And you're driving me